Welcome to the radio broadcast of Sheer Jashub, brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. This is Patty Scalso, and I hope today you are ready for another 15 minutes of Bible study, as my husband, Pastor Greg Scalso, leads us through our topic series on Heavenly Authority. The current sermon has been on Chapter 8 of the Book of Judges, examining the proper response of Gideon to the Israelite request for him to rule over them. We read how Gideon rightly answered them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. But then we saw the snare that caught Gideon and his household, a golden ephod which he made and set up in his home city. And Pastor discussed last time Gideon's polygamous marriages, plus Gideon's relationship to a concubine in Shechem, who bore him a son named Abimelech. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg for the conclusion of this Sunday sermon. What happens is, in chapter 9, that Abimelech, the son of Gideon, goes to Shechem to his mother's brothers, his mother who's a concubine. And with all the family of the house of his mother's father there, he says, please speak in the hearing of all the men of Shechem. Go talk to the men of this powerful city of Shechem. Which is better for you, that all 70 of the sons of Jeroboam, Gideon, reign over you, or that one reign over you? And remember, I'm your own flesh and bone. So, He's anticipating, though Gideon has said, I will not rule over you, my son will not rule over you, my grandson will not rule over you, that there's going to be 70 leaders, so he thinks. And he says to the men of Shechem, look, I'm your flesh and blood. My mother is one of you. And you see how family relationships, and we see this throughout history, right, all the the family dynasties, the kingships, how they're handed down, father to son, and they take these families, you see it over in England, and, you know, the whole population is focused on this one family. Well, it happens here. This is human nature, to look for that ruling family. Sometimes in this country we've done it with different political families, to have a ruling family over us. Well, he goes to the people of the city, and he uses his blood lineage to them to say, look, you don't want the other 70 sons of Gideon ruling over you. Let me rule over you. Go talk to the people of Shechem. And his mother's brothers go, and they speak. And the men of Shechem, their hearts are inclined towards Abimelech because they say he's our brother. They give him 70 shekels of silver from the temple of Baal Bereth, this new god they're worshiping. So he gets money from the idol's temple. And it says in verse 4 that Abimelech hired worthless and reckless men and they followed him. You have to be careful who you give power to who you long to have ruling over you, because when they have money in position, they can bring in worthless and reckless men. What do they do? They go to the father's house, back at Ophra, and they kill the brothers, the 70 sons of Jeroboam, of Gideon. On one stone, this son of the concubine slays the remaining 70 brothers, except for Jotham, who is the youngest son he hid himself, and he escapes. And all the men of Shechem, they gathered together, uh, all the men of Beth Milo, and they went and made Abimelech king, verse 6, beside the terebinth tree at the pillar 
that was at Shechem. And they declare him king. They have a king just opposite of what Gideon wanted. His son by the concubine. The sins we commit follow us. His sin of multiple marriages, of having a concubine in this town, follows him. And the son of that concubine has all the rest of his children killed. And he's declared king. He becomes a king in Israel. They tell Jotham about it, the remaining surviving son. He goes to the top of Mount Gerizim. He lifts up his voice. He cries out for them to hear. He says in chapter 9, verse 7, Listen to me, you men of Shechem, that God may listen to you. The trees once went forth. He gives them a parable. The trees once went forth to anoint a king over them. The trees want a king. What did Jesus say to the people? Men are like trees, right? The trees once went forth to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, should I cease giving my oil, with which they honor God and men, and go to sway over trees. The olive tree says, look, God's given me this position to give forth oil that gives honor to God and gives honor to men. Why should I go to sway over trees? It may not seem like an important scripture, but it's a very important scripture. It's important to the study of authority. Because you think of oil, you think of the anointing. People that are anointed in positions, and every Christian has some position God has called us to. The anointing is valuable. The world says value and worth is shown when you rule over, when you're like a big tree swaying over little trees. And Jotham here quotes from God, from the Spirit, that what the world sees as powerful is nothing compared to the ways of God. It's more valuable to have that anointing. It's more valuable to have the Holy Spirit, to do what God has called us to do. Why would we give that up? to go lord it over men. We understand what we have is more precious. We don't need those positions to sway over trees to lord over people when God has allowed us to be olive trees, to bring forth the oil of the Holy Spirit, to have the anointing salve. Why would we lose what's valuable in God's sight to have what men deem as wonderful and great position. So the olive tree turns the trees down. Then the trees said to the fig tree, you think of the fruit that we're supposed to bear, you come and reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, should I cease my sweetness and my good fruit to go and sway over trees? When we seek positions of power, as the world seeks, we have to give up the bounty that God gives us, the blessing he gives us. We can't walk one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. And so the fig trees say no, even as Gideon said no. And then the trees said to the vine, you think of the new wine of the new covenant, you come and reign over us. But the vine said to them, should I cease my new wine, which cheers both God and men, and go sway over trees? Then all the trees said to the bramble, the bramble, the thorn bush, the lowly thorn bush, you come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, 
If in truth you anoint me as king over you, then come and take shelter in my shade. How much shade can you get from a thorn bush? So these trees have to lower themselves in order to anoint. They, they want a king so bad. In order to anoint a king, they have to lower themselves under a thorn bush. A tree bringing itself down. Come, take shelter in my shade. But if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Even the powerful trees, the cedars of Lebanon, will be destroyed by this brush fire. This thorn bush will be set on fire and destroy the rest of the trees. And he's given an ultimatum. Either make me your king and come under my shade, lower yourself down, or a fire is going to come out and destroy all the trees, even the cedars of Lebanon. A fire hazard. It's a poor choice for the people to seek a thorn bush to make a thorn bush king. And he says, therefore, to them, if you acted in sincerity in making Abimelech king, if you've dealt well with Gideon and his house, and you've done to him as he deserves, for my father fought for you, he risked his life and delivered you out of the hand of Midian. But you have risen up against my father's house, you've killed the 70 sons on one stone, you've made Abimelech the son of his female servant king over them. If you acted in truth and sincerity, then rejoice. But if not, he says, let fire come from Abimelech, verse 20, and devour the men of Shechem and Bet Milo. And let fire come from the men of Shechem and from Bet Milo and devour Abimelech. And then Jotham ran away and he fled. And that's exactly what happens. As he prophesies there, it says that God, in verse 23, Abimelech reigns for three years. God sends a spirit of ill will. He breaks the the bond that's there between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. He sends a spirit of ill will between them, and the men of Shechem deal treacherously with Abimelech. And you have this period of intrigue there that you read about. Uh, what happens finally, the men of Shechem turn against Abimelech. Abimelech turns against them. He comes with his people. He demolishes the city of Shechem. He sets the stronghold of Shechem on fire. He destroys the city. And then he turns around and he goes to Debiz, another city, a city northeast of Shechem, and with his army. And at the battle of Debiz, he gets too close, and a woman takes and drops a millstone down. It hits Abimelech on his head. It crushes his skull. As he's dying, he calls out to his armor bearer to kill him so it cannot be said that a woman killed the great Abimelech, the king. And the kingdom, this three-year kingdom, which never should have been, is ended. You see the danger of trying to establish a royal family, a dynasty, a fleshly lineage. You see the danger of bringing idolatry into your house, of the sin that Gideon committed that touched his whole family, though he knew enough to say, the Lord reign over you. And you see the silliness when people desire to have someone lorded over them, and those who would maybe be worthy enough to have some position know better than to take that position because they know what they have is valuable from God. And only the worthless, the thorn bushes, the dry, the parch, that which can cause a fire, will say, yes, come and bow down and take shade 
and shelter from me, otherwise I'll destroy you with fire. Abimelech destroys the very people who come and make him king. It's a great lesson about authority from the scriptures. A great lesson from the life of Gideon who did and said right and did so much right and yet brought something into his house which was a snare. Father, we thank you for your word and for these accounts, Lord, that you give to us in your word, these historical accounts through which you teach us and you show us the way one should deal with another, the way authority should be structured, how each person must be self-restrained and an individual before you, that we should seek not the faces of men and women to control us or rule over us or as our solution or as our leaders and rulers, Father God, but that we would seek you, that only you can solve our problems. Lord, we pray for the church, that you would raise up people to leadership and responsibility, that you would edify the church through different offices, as you say in your scriptures. But Father, that no person would take upon themselves the position of the Good Shepherd. Father God, that we would not seek solutions through a human, Father, but that we would all come to the knowledge of Christ, the one mind of Christ, and seek our solutions from you. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our teacher. You are the only teacher. You are the only rabbi. You are our only master and our only Lord. And we thank you in your precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please write to us at Shear Jashub, S-H-E-A-R-J-A-S-H-U-B, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Please join us again for our next broadcast of Shear Jashub.